these last two Sundays and now today go together in terms of our gospel readings because we have been working our way through the 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And so throughout the gospel readings of these Sundays, we've been hearing parables from our Lord Jesus, a whole series of parables given within this chapter. And parables, we recall, are short little stories that use ordinary people, ordinary things and events, ordinary things happening in order to present a deeper message. Now, in some ways, these can be a little obscure to some, but in other ways, they're not obscure at all. They're very revelatory. And our Lord Jesus is thus able to use them to communicate to his hearers back then and to us now very important teaching. And in all of these, he is telling us different things, looking at different details or perspectives on something that is so very important to him, which is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We know that the kingdom of God is central to our Lord Jesus, that it is central that he came to proclaim the coming of this kingdom, and not only to proclaim it, but to bring it. He himself is the arrival of the kingdom of God. And he comes to bring it to us now, in our hearts, in our lives, though we know that it is not yet at its fulfillment. As sometimes said, it is now but not yet. It is here, he brings it to us. And yet we also look toward its fulfillment, its great fulfillment on the last day. Now with such a central place, in the life and preaching and ministry of our Lord Jesus, it is indeed important that we listen to him to understand what the kingdom of God is. After all, it is possible, indeed around us, we have certain misperceptions of what it may be. And so we need to listen to him and let him tell us what the kingdom of God is and what it is like. And so over these two weeks, we have had the chance to learn from him. Thus, for example, we learn that the kingdom of God is not just a social project that is up to us to implement. But rather, it comes with the initiative of God himself, who brings something into our lives, perhaps unexpected. And then we have the chance to respond to that newness, that message, that invitation. Or... Supposing that we had thought from the word kingdom that the kingdom would arrive like other earthly kingdoms, probably at the point of a spear, with an army rushing in and conquering everyone. We heard last week that that's not it either. That the kingdom will grow and spread like life. Not in a weak way, very strongly and pervasively, but very much in a living way. Spreading, growing, penetrating everything. And now this week we come to another series of parables. There's something interesting that in all three of these weeks, he has ended up using in different parables the image at one point or another of a field with something in it. But what he does with that image, he keeps changing. So two weeks ago, in the parable of the sower, the field was us. We were different kinds of soil, and into us came that seed. 
his arrival or the word from God. And the question was how we would respond. And so the, that parable was, in a sense, looking at us from the outside and the, from the perspective of God or the one who would sow the seed. Last week, there was the parable of the wheat and the weeds. The field was the world or the church. And we were the wheat or the weeds growing up out of it. Children of God or children of the evil one. This time... The field is, in a sense, our lives. And what's in it is not a seed, but something utterly unexpected, a treasure. And we are that person who finds it. And so, rather than looking at us from the outside and the perspective of one sowing the seed, this time, that, that parable, in a sense, looks at it from our perspective, our experience of encountering the message of the kingdom, what it is like for us, and then what it draws from us. We have those two parables right next to each other. We notice between them, for all their similarities, one difference. In the parable of the treasure in the field, it is a surprise. This person, whoever they are, whatever they're in this field, wasn't expecting to find the treasure, and then finds it. On the other hand, that merchant of pearls, clearly it's his work. He spends all his time searching, looking for the pearl of great price. And having searched and searched and searched, then he finds the object of his search. And so it can be for different persons when it comes to Jesus and the gospel and the kingdom. Maybe it comes as a complete surprise. Or maybe it comes after searching long and hard, trying to find him. But either way, whether it's a surprise or whether it's the fruit of a long search, we come to these two moments that happen in both parables. The first moment is that moment of discovery and of realization. That what has just come into our lives, what we have just found, is of great value. And this discovery brings great joy. And well, it should, when we have found, whether by surprise or after long searching, once we have found Jesus and his message and what he offers us. Now, for any individual person, what matters most to them and what they most need at that first moment may vary. For some persons, it may have been truth that they've been seeking, and answers to questions they've been wondering about. And now they find the truth they have been seeking in our Lord Jesus. For others, it might be love that they've been looking for, and a personal connection, a personal relationship. And they find this in the great love of our Lord Jesus. Or perhaps it's someone who suffers from great wounds or is grappling with great problems. They're looking for healing. They're looking for solutions. And they find this in the power of our Lord Jesus. It can vary by each person. It could be someone is looking for purpose and a mission in life. It could be that someone is carrying the weight of past sins and is looking for forgiveness and a new start. It could be someone is looking for true beauty. Whatever it is, all 
All of these things are found in our Lord Jesus, this great treasure, this pearl of great price. And so it is no wonder that no matter which one of these matters most to each person, that upon finding it, we would respond with great joy. That is the first moment. And then comes the second, which is the response, the choice of action. And that is that in both parables, we hear that upon this discovery, the person then sells all that they have in order to buy the field with the treasure, in order to buy the pearl of great price. Clearly, this is a radical changing, reorienting of life in order to possess truly what our Lord Jesus offers, in order to live in such a way that we live according to this treasure. Now, does that sound unrealistic? Does it sound strange and like no one would do it? Well, let's consider a couple things. For one thing, we know that so many self-help books today, such as the seven habits of highly effective people, will tell us that we have the need to make choices. In order to say yes to certain things, we'll have to say no to others. Or that if we really want to make something first in our lives and really live it out and really accomplish it, well, then we're going to have to put it first, give it top priority, give it the importance in our attention and our time. And this is what our Lord Jesus says that we will do when we find this treasure. Or consider statistics about the current religious situation in the United States. Out of, when we look at the adults in the United States today, we find a situation of great religious fluidity. So that out of all adults in the United States, 53% or more than half have at some point in their lives left behind the religion they were raised in as children. Some of them returned to it. But half, whatever religion it was, half of American adults have left behind, at least for some time, the religion they have been raised in to move to a different religion or perhaps to no religion at all. And so clearly, perhaps surprisingly, we find a great many people who clearly are ready to leave things behind in seeking the treasure that they are looking for. Now, as we consider this, consider these two moments, the finding of the treasure and the great joy, and the decision to sell everything in order to truly possess it and live it. This is what the author Sherry Waddell calls intentional discipleship, that moment of not only discovery, but of self-commitment. And when she holds talks and workshops related to this, and she asks people in those workshops, Catholics, how many people, what percentage of people in your parish count as intentional disciples? How many people, she uses a different metaphor, but it works out here, have discovered that great treasure and sold everything in order to live it out? Time and again, she hears the same answer. And that answer is 5%. Everyone, it seems, at parishes all across the country who come to her workshop says this describes 5% of people in their parishes. So with that in mind, 
Let me ask you two questions that will lead to three total answers. The first question is, have you experienced these two moments? The moment of the finding of the treasure in Jesus and experiencing great joy, and the responding by being ready to sell everything, to change anything, leave anything or anyone behind in order to shape your life and commitments around him. Is that part of your life experience? If it is not, then I want to urge you that our Lord Jesus wants it to be and will make it so if you are open to it, if you want it, if you ask him for it. This is his teaching, is it not? This is what the kingdom of God is. This is how we should be experiencing him in our lives. If you haven't, you can. Open your eyes and look for where this treasure may pop up unexpectedly. Seek him out. Seek in him truth or love or healing or purpose. Whatever it is that you hunger for, search for it like that merchant for great pearls. And allow him to do this in your life if he has not done it already. Now, if your answer to that first question was yes, yes, that has been part of my experience in the past, then a second question. If it was part of your experience in the past, how is your life now? If someone from the outside looked objectively at your life, perhaps at your calendar, perhaps at your checkbook, to measure the actual place in your life, how you arrange it, what your priorities are, would they say, yes, this is a person who has sold everything to build their lives around this great treasure? Perhaps your answer is no. Perhaps there was that time in the past, but life has happened and things have slipped away. If that is so, then hear the word that our Lord Jesus spoke in the book of Revelation to the church in Ephesus. As he said, you have lost the love you had at first, but turn back and do the things you did before. Even if things have slipped away, they don't have to slip away, they can come back. Consider, ask yourself what it was you were doing spiritually back then. Were you going to classes? Were you part of a small group? Were you attending mass regularly, going to retreats, going to Eucharistic adoration? Whatever it was you were doing then, consider doing it again and see whether you find again, as vividly as the first time, that first love. Or, finally, the last possibility. Perhaps you have experienced those things. And perhaps when you look at your life now, you say, yes. Yes, I have continued to live my life shaped around that treasure. And if that's true, then praise God. If that's true, then you know that living your life this way has not been easy, but it has been worth it. That it truly is a great treasure and that you know it more than ever. What a treasure it is to live with our Lord Jesus. And you know, and you can share with others that it is worth it how to find him and how to respond. St. Paul wrote, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness 
of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I consider everything as rubbish so that I may know him and be found in him. And our Lord Jesus invites us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you besides.